0: We continue in our Lenten series out of the book of John as we're approaching the time when Jesus was crucified, chapter number 11 for our text today. And just a comment before I begin, I was here one day with a work crew and we were working on a roof and we looked off to the west and there was an extremely intense storm coming this way and you could see it come. And you don't want to be on the roof in a lightning storm. But just before it got here, it split in two. And half of it went north of the church and the other half went south of the church. Went exactly around us and came together again down in the field. God knows we are here. God knows. John chapter 11 for our text today. Back when I was a teenager, there was a war over in Israel that became known as the Six Day War. Some of you will recall that. In six days, the Israeli army absolutely crushed the Arab uh, opposition. It was an amazing victory because the Israelis were outnumbered but fought with such clever tactics that it was a total and complete rout. I remember our pastor back then told us a joke. He said that the Arab army saw an Israeli soldier go over the hill. So he sent one of his soldiers, so he said, go get that Israeli. But the fellow never came back. So he sent two soldiers. They didn't come back either. So this time he sent ten soldiers over the hill, get that Israeli. But they didn't come back either. So finally he sent the whole platoon over the hill. And one of them came struggling back. And they said, what happened? And the soldier said there was an ambush, there was two of them. (laughs) I thought of that yesterday for some reason when a man was on the radio from Rochester He said he was declaring an emergency. The reason he gave was there's two confirmed cases of the coronavirus. One was bad, but two, wow, wow. It was during World War II that Franklin Roosevelt gave that famous speech, We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear has become a part of our society. They used to close the schools when it was snowing out. Now all is required is a storm warning. I heard a weather reporter saying we could have six to eight inches. Oh dear. <laughs> now caution is a good thing. Fear is not. And that kind of fear that seems to have gripped our society, has become irrational. Some of our service techs were tossed out of accounts this week, and one of our uh, customers asked our tech, "How are we supposed to know if you traveled outside of the United States or not?" He said, "Because I come here every day. That's how you know." <laughs> out, the lady said, "Get out! Don't come back till further notice." People live in fear. They even shop in fear, don't they? (laughs) Even all these close this door. Jesus said that in the end of time, one of the signs would be that men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Society thinks that it doesn't need God. When you don't believe in God, where do you turn when fears overwhelm you? Oh, well, we've got an answer. We sing it in a song. Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without, oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come. My brother told me that when his son was sent off, sent off to fight in the war in Iraq, he said, what I did was every day I read Psalm 91. Now read it, my friends, and trust in God. And if you need to, read it every day. But come to trust in God. You'll find that fear is inconsistent with faith in God. Those two things cannot abide in the same place. Fear has to go when faith takes over. My advice is try it. You'll like it. You'll like it. In our text today, there is fear. Fear. Life and death situations have caused fear to arise. And among those that are fearful stands one who is not afraid. Come, let's get a good look at Jesus, fearless and wonderful. Last week we saw that Jesus in the temple, the Jews that is in the temple, tried to take stones and throw them at Jesus. Actually, if you look back in chapter 8, it says they tried to stone him. They did it again in chapter 10. It was a hostile place for Jesus to be. So Jesus and his disciples went out over the Jordan River to the east, to the place where John the Baptist had preached. And many people went out to see him. And it says that when they went to see John the Baptist, he didn't do miracles, but Jesus did many. And so they believed in him. It was during that time of ministry, as Jesus is teaching and preaching and healing the crowds, that a messenger came looking for Jesus. Now whether he delivered a handwritten note, Or not, or simply stated his message. It was short and to the point. The message was, your friend Lazarus, whom you love so much, is sick. Love, Mary and Martha. It gave no instructions. No plea for help. Mary and Martha knew Jesus well and knew that his love for Lazarus would be enough motivation to bring him to Bethany, to the house that Jesus had so often stayed, to the place where he loved to be. But one thing is true about the work of the ministry. Sadly, you cannot always come when you are called. Jesus didn't lollygag and waste time. I'm sure he was busy with the crowds that had come to be with him. But when there is a break, Jesus says to his disciples, Lazarus is sick. We need to go to him. So we take it up in John chapter 11, and verse number 7. After that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. And his disciples, saying to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. Dost thou go hither again? Bethany, where Mary and Martha and Lazarus live, is just two miles outside of the gates of Jerusalem. The Jewish leaders at the temple who hate Jesus... Tried to stone him twice. Have complete influence over the whole area around Jerusalem which is called Judea. And the disciples say to Jesus, look. Just a short time ago they tried to kill you. Maybe we shouldn't go there. Now the disciples were eyewitnesses to that attempt on Jesus' life. And when those Jews ran and grabbed those stones, believe me, they had a bloodthirsty look in their eye. Angered beyond reasonable control, they meant to do him bodily harm. And Jesus himself had escaped by disappearing into the crowd. So understand that this was not an idle threat. It's dangerous for Jesus to go back there. But Jesus answers them. Verse number 9. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. If a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Jesus says there's twelve hours of daylight, and when you have work to do, you do it in the daylight. You don't sit around all day and then go plant your garden in the middle of the night. There's work to be done and you have to do it in the daylight. And I have work to do and I cannot leave my work undone because I'm afraid. So I'm going. And I'm not afraid of the Jews and their murdering ways I have got God's work to do I'm going to Bethany verse 11 after these things said he and after that he said to them our friend Lazarus sleepeth but if by but go that I may awake him out of sleep Then said his disciples Lord if he sleep he shall do well as this story unfolds, you will see one word keeps coming up in the text over and over. It's repeated many times. It's a little word, if. The word if is just a little word, but it's a word with a big meaning. If implies that a certain course of action will have... Certain results. It's often used in scientific research. If this happens, then. If you heat water, then it will boil. If you cool water, then it will freeze. If a certain thing is done, then there will be a consequence to that action. And Jesus said, if you walk in a daylight, you won't fall down. Now the disciples say, if... Lazarus is sleeping, then he'll recover. He must be doing better. Sleep is a restorative thing. So if Lazarus is sleeping, then we don't have to go. <laughs> we can stay here safe and sound. Verse 14 Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. I'm going to Bethany because Lazarus is dead. And Thomas says, Well, let's go die with him. If you're going, we'll go too. But now, when Jesus arrives, it's been four days since Lazarus died. So we come to another if in the passage. As Jesus arrives in Bethany, Martha hears he's come and goes out to meet him. Verse number 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, If thou hast been here, my brother had not died. If you had been here four days ago, then Lazarus would not be dead. Now Martha is not accusing Jesus of anything. She is just simply stating a fact. You are a healer and a wonderful one. And four days ago, no matter how sick he was, you could have healed him if you had been here. When they sent the message to Jesus, that was what they had in mind. Get Jesus here, and Lazarus will be healed. Now soon Mary hears, that Jesus has come. And she goes to meet him. In verse number 32. When Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet saying unto him. Lord if thou hast been here my brother had not died. Same comment. Only this time it's Mary. Mary it's, Martha is a very hard working and practical person. Mary's much more sensitive and tender hearted. So with sobs and with broken words as if if you had been here, he would not have died. And Jesus' heart is broken by Mary's if. And so he says, Take me there. Verse thirty five. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews behold how he loved them. And some of them said could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind. Have caused that even this man should not have died. Jesus wept saddened by their sorrows. And by their hopelessness. Mary and Martha do not blame Jesus for Lazarus' death. They love him, and they know that he loves them. But the Jews there, they do blame Jesus for being too late to help. If he healed a blind man, surely he could have saved Lazarus if he had only got here in time. After Jesus weeps, he says, roll the stone away. Open the tomb. Martha says, it was very practical, Jesus, it's been four days. His body is beginning to decay. It'll stink. But Jesus has his own if. He's got an if. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if, Thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. There's another if. If you believe. If you trust me. If you do what I ask. If you have faith in me, then I will show you how wonderful God really is. My friends, Jesus was surrounded by people. Who underestimated his power. If you go to Jerusalem. Then they will kill you. If you had been here. Then my brother would not have died. If he could heal a blind man. Then why didn't he save Lazarus? They all underestimated Jesus power. That's okay. He is still surrounded by people who underestimate his power. There's a lot of empty churches today because people underestimate his power. <coughs> it's all negative. Their if have all this negative showing the bad possibilities. If this happened, bad consequences will result. But Jesus has a much better if. If you believe, I'll show you what God can do. That's a much better if. Now let's stop for a minute here. Because I want to think back with you over the last few weeks. The book of John that we've been studying. Jesus has been saying certain things about himself. He's been using phrases that paint pictures in our mind and help us to understand. In chapter 4, Jesus said, I am the living water. In chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That is, I will supply the basic needs of your heart. I will satisfy the hunger and thirst in your soul. In chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. I will illuminate your heart, give light into your life. I will guide you in safe pathways, so I will help you know how to live your life. So, the basic needs of our life are met by Jesus. He's the living water. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He's the good shepherd. He has come to help you live life and to live it more abundantly. That's His message. But now in chapter 11, Jesus is saying something radically different. Verse 23 Jesus saith to Martha, My brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus says to Martha, Your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know we're all going to rise again in the last great day in that far distant future we will all rise again then Jesus said I am the resurrection now the word resurrection has a very distinct meaning first someone died and then they were resurrected They came back to life. So the word resurrection means first we die and then we rise again. See my friends, when they sent a message to Jesus, Lazarus is sick. In so doing, they sent for Jesus, hoping he would come and heal Lazarus. They sent for a healer. They wanted him to be a healer. But Jesus says, I'm more than that. I am the resurrection. If all I was was just a healer, then I would be too late. But I am the resurrection. You sent for me to help before Lazarus died but I can help after he dies I am the resurrection my friends I want to know that Jesus is a healer and he can help me now but I'm thrilled to know he is resurrection he can help me after I die it's so much better for Jesus to be resurrection than for him just to be a healer so much better he went to the tomb of Lazarus and he called out Lazarus come forth they heard it they were standing there they heard it but his voice went far beyond that his voice reached up through the sky through the dimensions up into heaven. And in the halls of heaven. Where Lazarus had now spent four days. The command echoed through the halls of heaven. Over the sounds of the music and the joy that his heaven is full of. That command was heard. Lazarus come forth. And Lazarus' soul obeyed. And went back to earth. Re-entered into his body. And it must have been quite Unpleasant. To wake up laid out in a tomb and wrapped all over in linen cloth. So he sits up, struggles to his feet and shuffles out the door of his own tomb. (laughs) And Jesus says, unwrap him. (laughs) Honey mouth. Let him go free. You got him back. Now let him free. Unwrap him. (laughs) Wow, isn't he something? This Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? He said, If you believe, then I'll show you how wonderful God really is. Boy, he sure did, didn't he? Well, Jesus has healed a man whose legs had been dead for 38 years. And we read that he healed a blind man whose eyes were deformed since birth. But now he's raised a man who's been dead for four days. No more proof needed. Sure enough, Lazarus is alive and Jesus is the almighty son of God. No more questions. But there's one more if to look at over in verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we do for this man doeth many miracles if we let him thus alone? All men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, that the whole nation perish not. If we leave him alone, everybody's going to believe in him. <laughs> so he must die it's a chilling response isn't it to such a wonderful event so we go on to verse 53 then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death that sealed it The high priest Caiaphas is now in charge of an investigation and a plan. The plan has been put in motion. This Jesus has got to die. The time has come. We must push this and get it accomplished. So next week, the plan moves forward. After the mightiest miracle ever done in human history... Lazarus is called out of a grave, having been there for four years, four days. Jesus is condemned to die. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for what you did. We are happy to know that you are a resurrection, that you can help us in our life, but you can help us afterwards. For that, we are thrilled. We look forward to your help here and hereafter as we believe in you and we can see what you did. So we have confidence in you that you can help us anytime, any place, anywhere, in any circumstance. We will trust and not be afraid. Help us, Lord. Have full confidence in God that we might believe in him with all our heart. Bless us as we continue these thoughts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to turn your hymn books in closing to hymn number 208. Hymn number 208, standing as we sing in closing, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Hymn number 208, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
1: Page
2: two hundred and eight. This a
0: ask Levi to close in a word of prayer.
1: Dear Lord, we are thankful and grateful that we can trust you. No matter what, no matter the circumstance, we know that you are in control. You are in charge of all things that happen. Lord, we know that you have purpose and reason in all things. And that we know if we believe in you that you will control all these things, Lord, and we are grateful that you have done it all for our goodness. Lord, we thank you especially, Lord, beyond that, that you have much more powerful than just in this life, but beyond this life, you are the resurrection and the life. And we know that if we believe in you, that we, though we were dead, we shall live. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us that promise here in this life and afterwards, that you would give us life. (coughs) We are thankful for that great and mighty promise. There's no one else in all the world and all the universe, all of existence, that can do that for us, only you. We are thankful for that promise and that it is so simple just to trust in you and have that eternal life. We thank you for your kindness and your forgiveness towards us. Watch over us. Keep us especially safe as we go throughout this week. Help us to have hearts that overflow with love for those around us. Not be cold and angry and tired and impatient for those around us, but to spread the love of Christ to all of those in our lives. We thank you for the opportunities that we have in these times that you give us with special purpose. We ask for all these things in your name.
2: Amen.